Welcome back to the Brown Couch episode 11. I'm Sarah. I'm Abby. I'm Anna. And we are coming at you in a brand new location. And we are <laughs> now recording on a black couch. <laughs> so, welcome to but the black couch. But we're still the brown couch. Yeah, we're, still the, we're still the brown couch. That's so. where it's from. Right. Exactly. It's the OG. Original. You gotta keep your origin story straight because then what do you really have? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, so this week Sarah is going to be reading the case for us. So. Yes, Sarah. I am. Today I will be bringing us a case all the way from the UK. So today I will be talking about James Bulger, and I feel like a lot of people already know what this case is, I mean, who this case is about. It was a fairly popular case. I, it was actually the first ever true crime case that I heard myself. I do want to give a quick trigger warning. If you are sensitive to violent deaths or deaths of children, I just want to let you know that maybe this isn't the video for you and that we will definitely have something probably more suitable for you in the next video or videos after that. So if you feel like these topics might be a little bit more sensitive to you, feel free to click off of this video and join us next time. And without further ado, let's get into the case. All right, so. James Bulger was born on March 16, 1990, in Liverpool, United Kingdom, to his parents, Denise Bulger and Ralph Stephen, Stephen, Ralph Stephen Bulger, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. um, James was a very sweet and kind boy. He was actually only two years old, um, mm -hmm. and he was just very kind and outgoing to other people. Everyone saw him as a sweet little boy. Um, on February 12th, 1993, Denise, James, and a friend of theirs went to this mall called The Strand, and towards the end of their shopping trip, James and Denise decided to go to the butcher shop. While James and Denise were at this butcher shop, Denise let go of James' hands for a mere moment so that she could pay for her items. However, when she returned to reach for James again, he was gone. Oh, no. That's terrifying yeah. i can't imagine like not knowing where my child is mm -hmm. and it was like literally a split second like Ugh, it happened in, in instance ah. it happened like that that kind of thing would make me want to be like a helicopter parent right because, like, literally I i'd be fucking like right. running around i know but unfortunately we can't be helicopter parents because how are kids ever gonna like grow and learn no exactly but like it's but just... in this scenario that's a little different exactly and he was two exactly he's a, he's a two-year-old and you know toddlers wander around all the time yeah like, i mean i don't when i was a kid i would go to the store and like see something that caught my eye and i would be like oh right right and then all of a sudden my mom and my dad wasn't there anymore and it was like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a distinct memory of getting separated from my family in Disney World, and it was terrifying. Oh my God. That's like the worst place. <laughs> no, literally, because then like this worker brought me up to a random family, and she's like, "Hey, I found your kid." And I was like, I've never seen these fuckers in my life. How old were you? <laughs> I was like a little older. I was like eight or nine. Oh my That's God. That's weird. <laughs> How? Only you, like a nine-year-old, would get separated right. from her family. Right. Anyways, um, Denise, of course, became extremely panicked, and she was looking around for her son. She was looking in the store, outside of the store, but when she couldn't find him inside or outside the shop, the store had made an alert saying that there was a missing child, so that people could be aware and look out for him. So kind of like a mini missing, like a missing person kind of thing. Right. But like within the store, within the mall itself, so it hadn't really reached outside mm -hmm. forces yet. Mm -hmm. 
Unfortunately, though, no one had seen seen James anywhere, and since no one knew where he was, the police were finally contacted. Um, and when police were contacted, people in the area had, were still looking for James. However, they were also looking for him outside of the mall now, like in canals, in case he had fallen in. Because remember, he was only two years old. Oh. So they, were, they weren't sure like what had happened, if he had wandered off somewhere and gotten hurt. Uh, while people were looking for James, Denise was actually taken to the police station just to kind of give her statement and talk to them a little bit about what happened. However, by the time that night fell, no one had still seen anything from James. It's never a good sign. No, especially once you hit the 24-hour mark. And Mm -hmm. by the time morning had reached, it was close to the 24-hour mark. And it soon looked... It it had seemed to look like that James had actually been abducted rather than just wandered off somewhere. So in the morning, following the day that he had disappeared, officers finally got some new information on the case. So we're moving kind of quick here, you know? Yeah. Which is good. Like, it, you want this to happen when a right. case like this exactly. happens. Exactly. You want people to tell you things. You want things to happen. If I were a mother, I'd be like, give me everything you know ASAP. Like, like everything. <laughs> everything you know. Every little thing you know. So the shopping center that Denise and James had been at had actually captured CCTV footage of a little boy um with he had seemed to be with two other kids who were roughly 14 or 15 years of age and when denise was informed that james had gone with two other children she actually felt relieved and this was because she felt more safe knowing that her son was with like two other children rather than like some random adult right and this actually also put her family members at ease and other people around as well because the other people were also concerned about their kids and the safety of their kids as well exactly so people were kind of feeling a little bit better However, officers didn't know um, who these kids were regardless. They weren't sure if, like, he was being held hostage by these kids or, like, if he was being used as their playmate. Because I don't... I'm pretty... Someone... I saw an interview somewhere where where someone had said, like, oh, I wasn't sure if he was, like, in a shack somewhere being fed candy or something. Like, they weren't sure where he was or, like, how these children were being towards him they didn't know how they were treating him officers started looking at kids age 10 to 18 which is a very wide range right but ultimately they stuck to people that were 14 to 15 because that's how old the kids looked in the cctv uh, videos i don't know looks can be deceiving exactly for real so they were looking for kids that had a history with trouble so kids that were like you know, getting into trouble at school and shops, just kind of like that had a rough background. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, in this area, there were a lot of kids who got into trouble frequently, so it was a lot harder to pinpoint who, what, like, went into what. Mm-hmm. So, though officers had been working tirelessly, tirelessly to find this little boy, two days after James's disappearance, a body was found by a group of children that were playing on railway tracks nearby. No. Officers were now looking for two murder suspects, and they released information to the public on James's last whereabouts. So they were showing the public, like, the CCTV footage, just, like, kind of showing, like, where he had been within the mall, and just, like, anyone that had last seen him. Over 60 young boys aged 14 to 16 were actually questioned by police, wow. and ultimately none of them had any relation towards this Damn. case. Dang, that's like, ugh, I'd be so frustrated. I know, that's a lot of people, because you're not dealing with, like, an abduction anymore, you're dealing with a murder. Right. Right, so it's very high stakes at this point. 
Fortunately, though, a woman had come forward saying that she recognized one of the boys on the CCTV footage. And one of the boys had skipped school with his friend because I'm pretty sure she was his teacher. Okay. And one of the... Getting somewhere. One of the boys had skipped school with a friend, i.e. the other boy from the CCTV footage because there were two boys in the footage. Um... However, officers still weren't quite sure if these two boys were their murderers because these boys were actually only 10 years old. What? Oh. See, this is the point, like, where, like, looks can be deceiving. Right? Oh, my know? gosh. I thought you were going to say that they were, like, older. No, literally than, saying. Oh, my gosh. They were 10 Holy years shit. old. So we have three minors right now involved in this case. And they, like, so they were 10 years old, not 14, 15, like they had originally suspected. Um, <clears throat> these children were named John Venables and Robert Thompson, and they were arrested and questioned by police officers immediately because they were the ones that were last seen with this child. Yeah. Um, and when the officers told, uh, one of the boys, Robert Thompson, that he was being arrested, they immediately, immediately noticed kind of like this fakeness in his, like, he, he, he was sad, like, quote-unquote sad. Like, he started crying crocodile tears is basically what they said. Like, he wasn't actually showing true, genuine emotion. Right, okay. he was acting. <clears throat> and he was right. acting, and he was, if he was crying, it was just because he got caught. It wasn't because he actually felt bad, like, within... Ooh. Yeah. So, um, I actually have a clip from the police interviews with oh, the two children, and it was honestly kind of chilling to me because in the beginning part of the clip that I'm not going to show, we hear Robert Thompson basically crying self-pity for himself when he hears that, like, the blame is going to be put on him, right. basically. He says that. He's like, the blame's going to be put on me, and he starts crying. That's what he's fucking sad exactly. about. Exactly. That's all he's concerned about. But <clears throat> I'm going to show you guys the video clip. And I want you to tell me. I don't need to answer any more questions, do I? Hey, come on now, Bobby. That way, I would want to kill him when I've got a baby of my own. I'm trying to. If I wanted to kill a baby, I'd kill kill my own, wouldn't I? So it's kind of weird that, like, a 10 year old's talking about, like, like, if I wanted to kill a baby, I would just kill my own baby. Right. Like, why what is a 10-year-old, why is a 10-year-old thinking like that? What the hell? Literally. Um, and I know, I'm not gonna dive super deep on to what their background as children were, was like, but they did grow up really, really rough, both of the children. Um, Robert Thompson grew up in a really unstable home, so did John Venables. They both grew up with alcoholic parents who had struggles with mental health Mm -hmm. um so they didn't really have a lot of stability in their home because their parents weren't around that much john venables and robert thompson were actually older in their grade too because i believe they had both been held back at some Mm -hmm. point so that's kind of how they like became friends because they were kind of like oh like we're older like they have that in common exactly that's something they had in common and um uh, John Venables actually supposedly wasn't as like a troublemaker as Robert Thompson was at first, but he kind of sort of got into that habit yeah, when yeah. him and Thompson started hanging out a lot. Right. So they both just really got he into like him and yeah, they got into like stealing and stuff like that, skipping school. Like skipping school was a big thing that they did together. Like in the beginning of the police interview, they ask Thompson what one of his hobbies is, and he laughs and says skipping school. 
and the officer says something along the lines of, that's a profession when you're as good as it as you are. Wait, what? To a 10-year-old, because he skipped school so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so during these interviews, uh, John constantly lied to the police about his whereabouts on this day, and John is the other one that... John is not Robert, so... <laughs> John is not Robert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I got gotcha. you. So John, we're we're focusing on the other little boy now gotcha. that was involved in this case. So he was just lying to police. He was telling them that he had not been at the Strand that day. Like he was like, I wasn't even there. I wasn't even in Liverpool. However, Robert had already told police that both of the boys had been right. there that day. Like Robert caved immediately as john was just kind of trying to throw the police off their trail um and then this is when one of the solicitors that was working on the case decided to re-watch cctv footage just to kind of prove that they had been there even right though, like, they already knew that they were there but they wanted to like have evidence of it right. obviously um so when they looked back at this footage they saw that one of the boys had a mustard colored coat on and this was john venables and the next day he decided to ask john what color his coat was and he said mustard Oh. which matched the color of the coat in the CCTV, and immediately they had, uh, right there, they knew that these two boys were the ones that last saw James. Mm-hmm. But officers still needed confessions from the two boys because even though they have the CCTV footage, that's still, it's not actual evidence of them doing any harm on the boy. Right. 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 So... <clears throat> Uh, here are some of the confessions from the boys, and they don't match each other whatsoever. It's almost like a he said, she said kind of thing. Yeah, first red flag. Right. Um, so Thompson says that the boys took James out of the Strand and walked with him. He watched John assault James, and then Thompson went home claiming that he was not part of the murder and that he just watched. John, however, says... That Thompson was mostly to blame, stating that Thompson was throwing bricks at James. So it is said to believe that both of the boys played a like malicious part in this yeah, and both tortured right. James. But they're obviously young boys that are just going to place the blame on one another. But yeah. yeah. Um, there was actually blood and paint on both of the boys. And the boys had stolen this paint earlier that day at the strand they had been at. So, here we get into what actually happened to James. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of a trigger warning. I'll put timestamps in the description so you guys are able to fast forward through this part if this stuff makes you uncomfortable. Um, so this is what happened on the day of James' disappearance. They took James from the store and walked three miles with him. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a long way for a two-year-old and ten-year-old. No, literally. That's a long way. That's, like, has to be, like, two hours or something. At least. At least. 38 people saw the three boys, and despite James crying and bleeding from his head, it didn't raise too much concern to anyone like it raised concern enough to people where they would be like oh is he okay but no one would really further step in why i don't know okay there's three like unattended kids no parents one of them is bleeding like that's Mm -hmm. enough to call the police right but apparently it was because the boys had a story like made up already like they were saying that either this was i don't remember directly but they were saying obviously that they knew james in some way and that they 
acknowledged that he was hurt and that they were taking him back to his mother. So that's why they didn't do anything because they thought that they were going home with the boy. When they told people their story, they said that he had fallen over and gotten hurt. Then that's how the blood had come up on his head. The boys decided to take James to a canal before all this happened because they wanted to throw him in and drown him. However, that plan did not work, and this actually wasn't their first plan either. Earlier that day, they had tried abducting another child, but failed because they were caught by the mother of that child. Shit. And I kind of wish that the mother of that child had, like, called police saying, no, there's two boys out here. Right. And who she knows, maybe she did. This. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe she True, did. True, because sometimes the police just don't do <clears> their They just job. don't do anything. Yeah. They don't do their jobs. So we don't know, but if that hadn't happened, I would have, I would have hoped she would have raised alarmed to somebody right. because she could have potentially saved this per- this child's life so after they had been caught by this other parent um they obviously decided that james was going to be their target and initially their plan had was actually initially the boy's plan was to push james in front of a moving car but their plan ultimately failed again um, once the boys reached the canal, they were still assaulting James, so this whole time they were, had kind of been pushing him and kicking him and stuff. One of the boys had thrown James on a, on his head, and that is what caused the bleeding, which was raising some of the concern for those people that had seen him earlier in the day. Um, they decided now that they were going to take him onto the railway line after their two other plans did not work. So... This part is where it gets a little bit more gruesome. I know I gave a trigger warning prior, but I'm going to give another one right now. So James was brutally tortured by these two boys. They brutally beat James over and over again. The boys threw paint in his eyes, threw bricks at him, kicked him, and put batteries in his mouth. Oh my god. The boys would then drop a 10 kilogram iron bar on his head before weighing him down on the train tracks to make it look like his death was an accident. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So he was still alive? He, he was... Well, no. Uh, James was hit by a train, and mm-hmm. his body was actually severed in half. Ugh. However, it is believed that he was already deceased during this time due to his previous injuries. I, I just can't imagine, like, how scary and terrifying this whole thing was for a two... I mean, for anyone, but for a two-year-old? Right. Um, I mean, they're brand new to the world. At that point, like, you don't you even, don't, like, believe in evil. No. 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 You're, like, That's, completely... Oh, my god. This is, like... Yeah, he probably, he honestly probably trusted these kids, and he thought, he probably... Because why wouldn't he? Right, he saw them as older figures. He didn't know that people could be deceiving and evil. So, after all of this happened, the boys were obviously sent to trial, and they actually only got eight years in prison. What? Um, I know, it's disgusting. It's super disgusting. They were released in 2001 with new identities, and John actually reoffended again for having possession of child pornography. Oh my, oh my god. god. And was again released. What? And How? Arrested again. On for a third time? For a third time with more child pornography. Oh and then Bro. released in 2020 with a third new identity. What? Like, how? The system's a joke, because I don't know how you're gonna let someone... Like, I, I, they're, they're 10 years old, 
first of all, eight years is, like, nothing. They should have gotten, like, a, in my opinion, like, at least 50 years or something. Like, right? at, And that's right. at least. Like, and for if it was me, I would have said life sentence. And I know people no, are all about, like, rehabilitating children and stuff, be, like, child murders. But I'm sorry... You know what you're doing exactly. when you are a child doing something that heinous. You to know you're, that you were not supposed to murder no. people. That's like Ex- the first thing, and literally, especially when they did it, they tried multiple times exactly. to kill him, and it did not work. And on top of that, like I understand how people are like, okay, they're children, their brain's not fully developed. Sure, but at that point, like if they were to get retried as an adult, like I, I still would say like life yeah, sentence. Literally. Like I mean, well, like not only life sentence, but like life sentence with mental health treatment like right. definitely That's mental like, health treatment right away like that especially if you're gonna reoffend again and again and again like for counts of fucking this, child pornography i'm bro people do not take like child pornography cases as seriously as no, they should literally. and actually one of the boys you know how i told you earlier that a group of kids found this boy's body mm-hmm. one of the boys that had found one of the bodies had after he had after he had found the body he had a actual kind of like life of crime afterwards and he says that it's from the ptsd of seeing this dead body because he started just kind of well i mean they say he was like drug dealing and stuff or like whatever Mm -hmm. it's just like just doing i I don't know if there were any like major crimes or if it was like mostly petty crimes and stuff But he says that he has PTSD from seeing this body. And honestly, I believe that. Yeah, it's horrible. Because imagine seeing a two-year-old severed. No. You can't. I don't think I'd ever be able able to breathe ever again, to be honest. No, and as a kid? As a child. These kids, they were kids. I'm not sure where Robert Thompson is today. I know they were released with new identities. But as far as I know, he hasn't reoffended. Maybe he's just kind of laying low, but I also think that people should know who they are. Right. They're so, menaces. So you know well, who you're speaking like to in if society. You're, if yeah. you're a registered sex offender and you, like, move into a new neighborhood, you're required to tell people, like, Apparently within a certain not. radius that you're a sex offender. Apparently not if this dude has a fucking new identity. He's just off the hook and nobody the knows third. who he, he is. The third. He has a third new identity. It's so fucked up. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. And it's honestly a slap in the face to Denise Bulger because she's not getting true justice that she deserves for her child. I can't imagine, like, losing a child in that way. I mean, losing a a child at all. Losing a child at all would be horrific, but, like, in such a violent way. And I remember, like, growing up hearing this case, too, like, my mom would tell me about this case because she wanted me to, like... This is what she would tell me, like, when she didn't want me to leave her side at the grocery store. Same. It's really sad. It's sad. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we know that one was heavy. I mean, I feel like true crime is never easy. Um, but we just want to say thanks for listening. And next week, we will be brought... What? <laughs> and next week, we will have an episode brought to you by Anna. So, if you guys want to... Tune in then. (laughs) Feel free. Without further ado, bye bye.